You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Gosh, it's good to be here. Um, it's so nice to see your faces of uh, long friends and meet some new friends, I hope, this time around. We'll be here, as Craig said, till Wednesday. Thank you, Craig, uh, for the invitation to be here. First stood in this pulpit 21 years ago when Paul invited me to preach at a Lenten lunch. And um, we, we, he had asked us to be on staff, me and Christy, but we thought, no, we need to stay in Charlottesville. But then we came here that week and we were so enveloped with love uh, and so impressed by the power of the gospel uh, and the gospel's hold on the advent and so awed by the health and vibrancy of this church that we looked at each other in the airport on the way home and said, yeah, we're called here. Uh, this is where we want to be. And we thank God uh, for that every day. Only here three years, but um, it's phenomenal to me in God's economy, gospel economy, that those three years feel like 15 years. Uh, the strength of the relationships that uh, we still have and the people that come and go from Charlottesville to Birmingham and vice versa. Uh, I learned from Paul and the other clergy what it meant to be a minister here. I really did. How to be a rector here. Um, that's why um, I was able to be a rector in Charlottesville because I learned it right here uh, during 2001 through 2004. I also learned how to make a mean martini from your current junior warden. And uh, at least I got that going for me, which is nice. Um, what we really remember is that we were surrounded by people who loved us despite us. That's what we really remember, which, of course, is shorthand for the gospel. That's one of the things that we say about the gospel, isn't it? That God loves us despite us. Um, and um, this is just to say that we're very deeply grateful to you and for you. I'm going to preach three sermons, and in these three sermons, I want us to um, encounter Jesus uh, what's the point of coming to church if that doesn't happen? And we'll look at him in three different settings. Uh, today will be Jesus in the field. And uh, next, tomorrow, will be Jesus in the boat. And then finally, Wednesday, Jesus on the mountain. But today we find him in the field. And the field is full of sheep. And in that field full of sheep... Jesus identifies himself as the shepherd, and not just the shepherd of the sheep, but the good shepherd. And I want to ask us in this sermon, how is Jesus our good shepherd? This is what he says in John chapter 10. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand who is not the shepherd, does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because the hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. So who are the characters that we have in that fairly famous passage from John chapter 10? We have sheep, obviously. We've got wolves. We've got hired hands. And we have a shepherd. And now... Most of us, and I'm assuming this is true of you, if you live in Birmingham, you don't know much about sheep. However, you do have actual sheep, but you do have experience of shepherding. Um, think about it in your life for a minute. Parents shepherd their children. Pet owners shepherd pets. 
Children shepherd their toys. People of all stripes shepherd their own hopes and agendas. Men and women try to shepherd their career paths. Think for a moment. Uh, who are you trying to shepherd right now? What are you trying to shepherd right now in your life? How are you being asked to be a shepherd? Again, we may not know much about sheep, but we do know about wolves. Let's move on to wolves, at least metaphorically. We know about the bad things that threaten to harm us or the people that we love, that wolves seem to be ever circling and threatening us. Um, we, I'm reading a novel right now about a family trying to cope with the father's chronic depression. And he refers to his depression as the monster. Wolves can come in from the outside, of course, but sometimes wolves come from the inside, don't they? What is the saying? A wolf in sheep's clothing. Again, interacting with you in this sermon, think for a moment, not just what or whom you're shepherding, but where are the wolves? Who are the wolves right now in your life? We may not know much about sheep, but we know about hired hands. And I take hired hands to be the people in some kind of authority over us or over our situations that we don't really trust. Um, they're in an office that um, asks us to trust them, but we don't actually trust them. It could be a teacher or a doctor or a, or a, a, a police officer or a minister who seems more interested in themselves than in their charges. Those are hired hands. Anybody that you're depending on that you can't really trust to really care for you. And I'm sure that there are times when you feel like a hired hand yourself. Um, times when you don't really trust yourself with the responsibilities in your life. Uh, people that you were supposed to be the shepherd of, but in fact you feel more like a hired hand. Who are the hired hands in your life? Where are the hired hands? Seems to me with all of the wolves that are out there and all the hired hands that, as Jesus says, hightail it when the wolves come, being a shepherd of anyone or anything is exceedingly difficult. I was struck by an op-ed uh, by Esau Macaulay in the New York Times last spring. I think he might have preached here before. Macaulay's a, he's a black man, father of four, professor at Wheaton College, which is arguably the leading, most intellectually rigorous evangelical college in our nation. And he wrote in this op-ed article about trying to shepherd all of his idealistic college students through the tumultuous events of, of our nation, and more poignantly trying to shepherd his nine-year-old black son through the realities of racism, he writes, in that moment, we were not just father and son, but a black boy and a black man trying to make sense of the task of living that stretched out before us. 
Now he feels inadequate to protect his son against the dangers of the world, but those dangers are not particularly to one set of people. The world we live in is filled with wolves. It's filled with hired hands. And what I want to say to you is this, is not one of us here is up to the task of being a good shepherd all the time. Nobody. Now, I've repeatedly said in this short sermon that we don't know much about sheep. Um, That's not actually true. I was just trying to set you up, uh, some shepherd I am, because we know a ton about sheep, don't we? Why? Why do we know so much about sheep? Because we are sheep. We are sheep. Even those who are supposed to be shepherds, we're all sheep. According to Jesus, we are sheep. We're not lions. We're not tigers. We're not bears. We're sheep. That's what the Bible calls us. There are over 500 references to sheep in the Bible. We are likened to sheep over and over and over again. Now, what is commonly known about sheep? You don't have to be a shepherd, an actual shepherd, to know this. I'll just give you three quick characteristics of sheep. First is this. Sheep have no sense of direction. No sense of direction. And think about this, even though you might be good with maps, how often do you quickly lose your sense of direction when your life is upended by a divorce or a, uh, or a diagnosis or a relation, relational strife? How easily and often do we lose our way? Now, what else do we know about sheep? We know this, that they are totally defenseless. They are vulnerable to the wolves. They are entirely dependent on the shepherd. Again, I, you know, you might seem to have your stuff together, uh, but can't you relate to this? No matter how hard you try to circumscribe and control your life, there are always threats that come in from the inside or the outside that are way out of your control. And then finally this, sheep are not meant to carry burdens. And this is what I want to hone in on right now. Sheep are not meant to carry burdens. Maybe you're burdened right now. Donkeys are the beast of burdens. You're not a donkey. You might, well, anyway, so. (laughs) Um, Jesus doesn't call us donkeys, but he calls us sheep. Sheep are not meant to carry burdens. Sheep collapse, don't they? Under the weight of burdens, their legs are too spindly, too skinny, their bodies too ill-proportioned to carry burdens. Okay, what burdens are you carrying right now? Because you are. What would it be like, just think for a minute, to give those burdens away? How would it feel to give those burdens to the one who was meant to show you the way, to protect you from wolves, and yes, to carry 
your burdens for you. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Picture again for a moment the image of Jesus that you might have known from a Sunday school class, the cover of a children's Bible, a print hanging in a nursery. How is Jesus pictured? You know, the scene is bucolic, the crook by his side, but what's in his arms? Well, it's a lamb, of course. He carries the sheep. So what I'm saying to you today is not only does he carry the sheep's burdens, but he cradles and carries the sheep himself securely in his grip. You are not the lion. We have a lion. That's the lion of Judah. You are the sheep. You are that sheep in his arms. The good shepherd laid down his life for you on the cross. He became, of course, didn't he? The sheep himself, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. And friends, the good shepherd, he carries you today. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us for one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.